0: The first rule of fight club talk about fight club this is the fight club podcast with brad lewis and stephen foote
1: kiaotify fans and welcome to the fight club podcast uh, this edition of course celebrating a uh, great day for New Zealand combat sports at UFC 263 on Sunday uh, with Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight title and Brad Riddell getting a very, very good win over Drew Dober. Uh, joining me as always is Stephen Foote. Footy, how are you? Kia ora, Brad.
0: Great, happy to be here. Really enjoyed the fights yesterday. Another awesome card. So great having crowds back and the fans back. And, mate, the, yeah, they delivered. They delivered.
1: All right. So, uh, we will uh, run through uh, all of the tidbits from UFC 263 in a moment. Just remember, guys, you can like and subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Also, you can check us out at www.newshub.co.nz forward slash podcast. Just click on the Fight Club link. And if you want to get in contact with me, I'm at Brad Lewis NZ on Twitter. All right, footy. UFC 263 in the can. Um, kind of went how both you and I predicted in terms of the main event like uh, I wrote on Twitter last night that look let's be honest Marvin Vittori didn't have any real business getting that title fight to begin with but hey you know Robert Whittaker not wanting the fight when it was announced um, that's that's how that's how the cookie crumbles he got the match he wanted he talked a bit game the whole week he talked about how there were levels to this game and Israel Adesanya wasn't his level well he was right about that Israel Adesanya's not at Marvin Vittori's level he's a whole bunch higher than that and uh, that was a complete shutout. And for mine, it was probably Izzy's easiest fight since maybe Brad Tavares. Like, he just looked so composed, so comfortable, um, didn't over-exuberate himself, never felt like he was in danger. Marvin never threatened. His striking looked horrible. And I, I just thought, Izzy... Izzy was near flawless. It was near flawless. It was a complete shutout.
0: Yeah, five rounds to none. Um, you saw Vittori a little bit confused there when, uh, as, as the scores were read out. Perhaps he thought he might have scraped in there. How good was the, Izzy crossing the his fingers?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was so yes. funny. Actually, um, there was a few moments of byplay during their fight where Izzy was hilarious. Like, right yeah. at the end of the fight when he was faking an eye gouge or something. Oh, he was having so much fun, wasn't yeah. it? And I mean,
0: everything about this was vintage artesanya. You yeah. know, from the walkout, to the performance itself, to the post-fight callout, to... Um, you know, his performance at the post-fight presser as well. Um, just great to have him back in this kind of form. You know, mm. kind of washed the sort of that bad taste of the Blakovic loss mm. out of his mouth and sent a reminder to the USC as to why he's the biggest star and why he's, you know, as he put it, that mother effing king of the division. <laughs> yes. And at the moment, I mean, you know, you could. there's an argument to me that he's the most dominant champion there is in any division, that the gulf between him and the number one contender is Perhaps, at least in the men's division, it's yeah. perhaps the biggest of any division, uh, any of those divisions in
1: the US. Team. Yeah, it's basically the Amanda Nunes, Valentina Shevchenko exactly. syndrome, isn't it? Yeah. Like uh, they've look. Uh, there, there's some interesting fights for Izzy down the track, and I've heard some people sort of talk about that. Um, you know, Robert Whitaker rematch. I think a Robert Whitaker with a different game plan poses a lot of interesting problems to solve for Adesanya including adding his wrestling into it which we saw him do against Darren Till and Calvin Gaslam to a lesser degree um and and Robert not fighting on so much emotion and maybe holding back a little bit um yeah maybe
0: fighting offshore is going to do him some good there
1: yeah without the pressure of having you know fighting in front of his home crowd There's, there's no doubt about it and I said this to a friend of mine last night you know there's Izzy and Robert, and then the rest. There's a massive gap between the rest. And Whitaker's shown that by shutting out Cananier and Gasolim in his last two fights, mm-hmm. uh, and Darren Till, um before that. Like, you know, Whitaker is the out and out number one contender. He's easily the second best middleweight in the world right now, uh, behind Izzy. And and it's it's the fight we want to see. Um, but yeah, aside from that. Like you know, there is literally no one else. Darren Till needs to win a fight. Come on, yeah. bro, just win a fight <laughs> yeah. to give us this he matchup. To, Adi, he just
0: wants to fight him so badly. Yeah, does this, he is and this he? is the matchup not they both stuff, want But
1: Darren Till needs to beat someone, um, mm. you know, and beat someone convincingly. So look, we'll see how that all plays out. But it's uh, great yeah. to hear
0: that he wants to turn around in October and yeah. get back in the ring. And you know, obviously, that's in the cage. And obviously, this is what's happened with him for having to fight Vittori You know, this was his schedule. He wanted to fight in June. Vittori just happened to be there. <laughs> he kind of took his chance, but. You know, credit to, to to Vittori. he kind of improved in some aspects of, of his fight game as well. Uh, you know, Israel admitted that he he did seem a bit more refined with his boxing, but you know, at, at the end of the day, he kind of was lunging forward quite a lot. It was really you know once as, as he found his timing there later in the first round, um, you could see that he just read was just reading him like a book, just beautiful footwork, uh, biting on all those feints as, as we thought he may. Um, and you know, he's just the way he, he always knows when to disengage from a you know mm-hmm. f- from a little salvo. He'll he'll come in, he'll throw some shots he'll get back out of danger probably perhaps better than anyone else in the USC, just controlling that range and doing what he does best and um yeah watching him in action yesterday was just a it's just a great reminder a great little refresher course perhaps and and how dominant he can be and how just you know sophisticated his striking is and how nuanced it is
1: yeah look and his takedown defense was on point his his grappling game was on oh, point two. Fantastic. He got what? Two sweeps. Survived the rear naked choke. Uh, you know, reverse position on a couple occasions as well. Uh,
0: that, that was the turning point, wasn't it? You yeah. Know, that know, rear, know, rear that, naked um, choke. The, you could
1: see the the well, as as he put
0: it later, um, the the soul his draining soul. from his eyes when he when he sort of exploded. And there was a pretty deep body lock he had on on the um on the rear and he, naked choke. He got an
1: arm under the chin too. Like uh, yeah, it was yeah, it just
0: um, exploded. Perhaps kind of that's kind of where his wiriness comes. At. Perhaps works to his favor there in those sorts of situations, sort of exploding out, and then, you know, as he, as he described it, doing the old X rated, you know, yeah. <laughs> putting the, uh, the the little demoralizing uh, hand around the Look, he uh,
1: choking him out there. He wouldn't want to get in that position with a Luke Rockhold or a Chris Weidman, right? Like, you wouldn't want that, yeah. either of those two guys on your back because they're like world class grapplers. Um, And interesting, those are two guys that Adesanya hasn't fought yet, but, you know, Weidman's not going to be on that list anytime soon, and Rockhold needs to actually win some fights before he gets there. But um, as, as far sort of analyzing the fight. You're you're right, Izzy. Like uh, you're right. Uh, Vittori, you know, he he brought he brought a game, he brought a lot of pressure. Um, you know, he brought the sort of pressure we probably expected from Paulo Costa that, that Costa didn't bring. Mm. Um I think Vittori was kind of stuck in between the Robert Whitaker game plan and the Yao Romero game plan yeah. and didn't really know where to go. And I, I think you know Blackovich has the, the blueprint has been shown by Blakovic Izzy needs to respect your power. You yeah, know, first, um, mm. b- before you know, if you're going to have any chance, and I think Izzy will respect Rob's power, um, but if he if he doesn't respect your power, he's just going to use head movement and speed to beat you and. You know, if, if you can't keep Izzy down, he's going to beat you um over five rounds. You know, no one's got a chance against him over five rounds because he's a point fighter. It's what he's done his whole career. So, mm. look, the the blueprint is there, um, and it's taking him down in open in the open cage, not against the cage. Exactly. Um, but mm. that's way easier said than done. And let's not forget, guys, that Blahovitch outweighed Izzy by probably 40, 50 pounds on fight Massive night. Massive difference. You know, so like Massive it was difference. it was a huge difference. And yeah, so that 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 is a much harder. Um, problem to solve for these middleweights um, which is great news for Izzy uh, you know like I, I certainly can't see a, a shift to light heavyweight anytime soon like I, I think he's got a lot more he wants to accomplish at middleweight he's now only two fights off Anderson Silver's record in terms of equaling that um, and I, I guess you could almost pinpoint an Adesanya Whitaker rematch would would that be on par with the Sun Sonnen Anderson Silver series from sort of a decade ago in terms of the biggest middleweight match in UFC history?
0: Wow, I mean, it would have to be up there, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. it's definitely the most recent one you, you, you can recall. Um, those were serious events, though, weren't they? Yeah, like they were the absolute. And Anderson massive.
1: Silva was the number one star in the sport at that point, and Charles mm. Sutton was the best trash talker the game has ever yeah. seen.
0: Yeah, it's a similar kind of dichotomy, but with the roles reversed almost. But yeah, um, yeah.
1: I mean, you're yeah, just just talking about Vittoria
0: again, you could kind of tell, like, he didn't really have to respect the power. No. You know, he was just sitting down on his shots, and you know. He, they yeah. were he lazy the punches, takedowns. Right? He got the like, takedowns, but again, he couldn't do anything with the takedowns. No. So there was no real damage inflicted. he um, was really active off his back as well, yeah, um, which is pretty impressive. And, um, and
1: I think footy will see the caliber of fighter that Marvin Vittori is in his next fight because he is no longer going to be able to avoid, you know, we talked about this last week, did. Mm. The, the guys that he's avoided fighting, the Gasolims, the Uriah Halls, the Rockholds, the Widemans, the, the Cannoneers, like those guys yeah. that are just below so, Robert no Whitaker. no fault of his own, to be fair. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, like like I think a perfect fight that makes 100% sense is polo Costa and Marvin vittoria they called can, him out. If they can make it happen, make it happen, get that fight done, and then, and then whoever wins that is back in a position where they can start to sort of move towards another title fight, maybe in a fight or two's time. But I think the key fight coming up is Brunson and Till, and, and the winner of that fight will probably be post-Whitaker Absolutely um, for Adesanya or Rob because I think Rob is the is is the biggest threat to Izzy's title.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you heard Vittori plant the seeds for that Costa rematch already. He's also, Costa Matt showdown already. I like calling that him like a fight. drunken um the drunken guy again. Like yeah. Yeah, you could imagine there'd be a good little beef there
1: too. And I feel like Marvin Vittori is much more mentally stable than Paulo Costa, and he'll be able to to handle this loss a lot better than he did the first one. Like, if he goes back, and, you know, look, Rafael Cadero was in his corner after every round. You lost that round, Marvin. You lost Mm -hmm. that round, Marvin. Like, there was no doubt in their corner's mind who was winning that fight, despite the fact that Izzy was talking about how Marvin felt that he won the fight. I think if Marvin goes back and watches the fight and talks to his team. um, He he didn't confess as much. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. and from what I've seen of him since, he's like, yeah, I lost that fight. So, you know, whereas Paulo Costa, you know. Israel Adesanya lives rent free in that human being's head every day of the week. Um, so you know, I, I think you know Marvin. I think will, re- will recover mentally from this and he'll be able to move on. He's a talented fighter. He's a he's he's an extremely tough out. Like he took some shots and um, he he blocked those mm. head shots very well. Um, you know, at no point did Izzy land any like fight-ending, threatening strikes. Yeah, but he didn't need to, right? Well,
0: I mean, that was a
1: little bit disappointing
0: because I felt Izzy kind of went away from his kicks that he was having so much success with, just really taking advantage of the of the. South Southpool matchup. Um, and, you know, you heard the commentators spit, talk about how there was a possibility that the fight could be stopped uh, off the back of some of those kicks. So you'd see that he really tender on his leg at some age. And yeah. obviously that takes a lot out of um, his bread and butter, which is his grappling game. Mm-hmm. But I think Vittori is kind of destined for this gatekeeper kind of role. And yeah. I don't think that's a bad position for him. Um, they're, they're, hey, yeah. He's hey, look, still a really solid all round fighter. Look, um, the, look, uh, 18 He's months a bit ago. of a madman. Did you hear him say he was going to go? He didn't even have a hot shower afterwards. Yeah. He said he's, he was so angry. <laughs> angry at himself, he didn't deserve a shower. Yeah. So he's sitting up there at the press conference just stinking out the place.
1: Okay, so what I the the question I want to ask you, let's let's take this forward. What is it about Izzy where these guys the fighter that we see before they fight Israel is not the fighter that fights Israel now this is what happened throughout Anderson Silver's entire career we saw Damian Meyer fight Anderson Silver at UFC 112 and leading up to that fight Meyer was taking every single human being down on the planet and submitting them you know we saw we saw Nate Marquardt run through the middleweight division get a title fight and get skilled by Anderson Silver was a completely different fighter you know um, there's, there's a Patrick Cote a great striker mm-hmm. for Anderson Silver, got beat up in that fight um, Yushin Okama dominant wrestler got completely taken out of it like just didn't offer any wrestling to Anderson it's like you know Israel is comparable to Anderson because they're similar fighters okay so that's why I'm, I'm making that comparison I think there's a very good similarity here where you know the game plan that you bring into the fight against Israel Adesanya he he is he's worked that out before you've even got into the cage yeah. and you get into the, and these guys get into the cage and that they're, they're a minute and a half into the first round of like uh-oh
0: Outside, yeah, you once know? you actually get a taste of it for, your, for Middleweights, yourself. weights, I'm saying,
1: you know, Blakovich, like I said, he offered the fight-ending threat to Izzy, and I guess Romero, to a lesser degree, offered that threat as well, which is why Izzy was performance was below par in that fight, but a lot of these guys just freeze. And I think,
0: yeah, I, I think a lot of it probably just comes down to the fit, simple fact that he's so hard to replicate, and he's such a unique fighter, that he's really difficult to prepare for in terms of replicating that and sparring like yeah. you know how do you find someone who's going to be like an Israel Asania that you can really kind of put together some kind of blueprint to, to a- solve it and that's
1: them. the issue that John Jones's opponents have had mm-hmm. right how yeah. do you how do you replicate a John Jones and train you can't that guy's phenomenal GSP was the same yeah. and it's, these these are the the elite fighters you know like it's like and it's like these women that have to prepare for a man in Nunez you can't spar against the woman that punches that hard because yeah. she's the she's the hardest puncher in MMA right and,
0: and you back that up with um flawless Game planning, yes. you know, we're from the city kickboxing crew as per, yeah, and I mean, it's such a difficult package to solve. It's, it really is, and, and, it, and it always, his... and it has been for all of the fighters on the roster, just just perfect game plans every time.
1: And credit to his coaches because the Israel Asanya that fought Jan Blahovich was a different era. Israelis Sanya before Marvin Vittori, his his cage takedown the fence was so good. Like the amount of times he got separation, and Marvin, were, and he wasn't even breathing hard. Like he talked about his breathing. Mm. Israel's cardio is so underrated even in the Blahovich fight he could have gone another five rounds with Jan you know like uh, his cardio is off the hook he definitely
0: looked a lot fresher than Marvin and Marvin carries a lot of muscle too so you kind of you got to think that he's going to wane a little bit but you know the way he was kind of still shooting for takedowns towards the end of that fifth round was a little bit sad and you know you saw Izzy coming in with the butt pat and the little you know faking the little dead legs (laughs) hilarious Uh, just to rub salt into the wounds
1: and I think Izzy's slowly turning the combat sports world into his favour right where people are starting to appreciate you know middleweight greatness like mm. we're, we're witnessing an era of a dominant middleweight you know like we've had it with max holloway at featherweight where he became one of the most popular fighters of all time you know i, I think dustin Poye could be heading in the same direction where where it's uh, his era is a lightweight and you know john so slowly is he is those, those people that i guess were offended by the personality of israel Asanya you know that straight shooting this is who i am like me if you like me don't if you don't people are starting to realize hey you know what because that, that He's was got his, the skills to back it exactly, up exactly mm. and and he got he got a massive pop at the weigh-ins he got an even bigger pop at the fights the first time i've heard an izzy chant yeah oh vittori fights. got booed didn't he when yeah. he came up? you know obviously if he's fighting captain america chris weidman or a luke rockhold <laughs> you know he's not going to be the fan Oh, favorite. Riddell got a few uh usa charts. uh What's it is uh, against americans, him. americans man yeah, yeah classic, come on man classic. um all right that's a great segue i want to talk about brad riddell got fight of the night bonus that guy is never in a boring fight. He's he's one of the best technical strikers in that lightweight division. I I said it last week. Like you know, Luke Thomas, um, uh, an MMA analyst out of the US, believes he's you know technically the best striker in the UFC. Potentially, Uh, his head movement was good. He survived. And, And the thing I love about Brad Footy is that. And his lot, the, the um, Alex De Silver fight, um, and uh, the Jamie Malarkey fight, mm-hmm. he's survived adversity and in, in mm-hmm. all of those fights and come back and and I think he's won the f- the second and third round in all of his UFC fights, and that says a lot about who Brad Waddell is. Um, you know, it says that he takes a while to work out his opponent, but then when he works once he works you out. You're toast. Yeah.
0: And the benefits of having so much experience and really biding your time before you jump into the fire of the UFC. And Drew yeah.
1: Dober does not lose stand-up fights. Absolutely not. Drew Dober does not revert to grappling. <laughs> yeah, that and was in the so second surprising. and third round, he reverted to grappling because yeah. Brad was picking him apart.
0: He was. Yeah. Yeah, really impressive, man, because... Brad was clearly rocked in that first round. Come back up, sort of, you know, initi- initiate a bit of a takedown. Get his wits about him again, and, yeah, and that's smart. where his, that's where his supreme conditioning comes in as well. Obviously, and helps him recover acute. a lot quicker. Exactly, yep. And then second and third round just took took control using that right hand, um, just so so crisp and and fast that right hand. Yeah. Like it's just no read on it. Um, as you his, said, one of the most technically competent guys in the His faint USC. game is off the Background hook. Background in, in, in Muay Thai and kickboxing, you know, over a decade plus. And you can see that every time he goes into the cage. And he's never overawed by the moment either. You know, he's always very composed, um, calm, went about his business in the second and third round. Obviously got some great advice at the end of that first round and came back out and really sort of put it beyond doubt, essentially. And then that, sort of that late salvo in the third round where he almost had you know, perhaps one more round, he could, he could have finished Dober.
1: And Drew Dober is a... As an elite striker, he's right mm. up there. Like we, you know, he was on a four-fight win streak at one point in the um, leading up to the market share fight. Um, so yeah, he, he's a t- he's a top of the food chain striker in that lightweight division. A tough out, and Brad will find himself with a ranking next to his name um, later will. on later on. October's thirteen. Yeah, so he'll be he'll be fifteenth, fourteenth, or thirteenth. We'll see how that plays out. Um, and look, man, you cannot discredit Brad's gumption because he called out Gregor Gillespie after the fight. Says. Greg is a great guy. I, you know, I'm sorry that fight fell over. I prepared for him. I was ready to fight him. His last fight was awesome. I think we'd have a great fight. Oh, um, and, the stars have aligned for that, that fight a, to that happen. That is a tough fight for Brad, man. Mm-hmm. This this is a one of the most decorated wrestlers in the UFC um, in terms of collegiate wrestling and Gregor Gillespie, a guy who was at one point earmarked for you know, freestyle wrestling Olympic medals um, um, before I, I think he'd sort of moved away from amateur wrestling and, and into the professional realm of, of combat sports tough out, decent striker um, you know Brad's going to have to be at the top of his game to compete with a guy as good as Gregor Gillespie yeah. who outside of the Kevin Lee fight has looked like one of the most promising up and coming contenders at lightweight in the last sort of five years
0: Yeah well I mean plenty of us were disappointed when the first one was scratched um, mm-hmm. with the little COVID breach there but um, mate the stars have aligned perfectly the, the, the timing seems to be right, you can see that fight perhaps happening in a few months time um, love it, it has to happen I, I'm not sure where where is Gregor sitting now after his last I think he's like eleventh or tenth, mm, yeah. yeah no, so it, make, it, do, it
1: does make sense and 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 run it back. And and Gregor said after his last fight, he's in no rush. Yeah. Like you know, and he said, I'm in no position to call anyone out. So you know, like uh, you yeah. put
0: nothing past Barry Bradell and the CKB guys. You know, I think he, he he's definitely deserving of of uh, at least you know someone in that sort of upper uh, around the around the five mark. And yeah. you know, a Gillespie win. I mean, gosh, that, depending on it, the nature of that, that would really springboard him up. But how about this for you, Brad? A man who's just retired from the, from, stepped away from the lightweight division, Paul Felder a little bit of Paul Felder perhaps to Brad Riddell was Brad Riddell the <laughs> new Paul Felder of the lightweight division Yeah, something the, for you to think the about the
1: entertaining yeah the entertaining fighter will take on any challenge look I I just enjoyed that performance footy I'm so stoked he got the 50 G's he's just had a, a a wee little baby so I know that you know we both know that, that money comes in handy <laughs> when you've got children and yeah. uh, you know he's dealt with a lot of adversity lately so super stoked for Brad that, that he's um going to have 50 G's US in mm. his bank account and to a, go with this and a really
0: touching little um, tribute there to Falvake had the walkout 100%. song for him as well, and as did Israel. Um, yeah, actually, yeah, we didn't do did we talk about Israel's promo? That was WWE levels,
1: yeah, wasn't it? He he'd obviously worked on that pre-fight, you know. Like, um, and I'll I'll choose the location, you know. Do you know why? Because I'm the. <laughs> M- mfing oh, king man, of this it place fantastic. it was it was a great promo um and um you know and rob rob's rob's uh reply was was just perfect rob Whitaker, <laughs> yeah, see w- you soon bro <laughs> see you up, soon, mate. yeah heal up see you soon mate like yeah, yeah. you know i, I love rob Whitaker. i actually uh was watching an interview he did with the submission radio guys recently and he's just hilarious mm. like he's just such a funny guy he's got so much respect for izzy's ability right mm. and he said he said like he said who do you want to fight? And he's like, I want to fight Marvin. He's an easier fight. I don't want to fight Izzy. Whip my ass. Well, well like, I mean, you know, like, that's a difference in the
0: dynamic between you know. You mentioned the similarities between the Silver Sun and um, showpieces. I mean, yeah. There's no real villain in this match No, no. People love both these guys. Yeah, yeah. So, I just, know, that, I just
1: love that from Rob. I want to yeah. fight Marvin. He's an easier fight. I don't want to fight Izzy again. He whipped my ass. <laughs> yeah, he was like, so you know, honest yeah, about it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. it's typical Rob Whitaker And and he said, he said, Izzy's such a hard problem to solve. He's he's uh, motivated by that challenge. And he said, look, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, but, but he's, he's all
0: like, hey, I don't like him. And yeah. I still want to beat him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah.
1: What more do you need? Can't wait for that fight. It's going to be a, a humdinger, and, and also Brad Riddell moving forward in that lightweight division, um, where he is, you know, legit top fifteen lightweight in the world. Really exciting for City Kickboxing. All right, a couple other tidbits before we go: um, Nate Diaz, Leon Edwards. Uh, you know, fight kind of went how I thought it would. Um, if Nate had an extra twenty seconds, that fight probably finishes in his favour, and I make a hundred and seventy dollars uh, <laughs> from from my multi at the TFB. I had I had Radel winning and Nate Diaz winning. So like, because uh, yeah. Nate well, Diaz was
0: Nate paying like six dollars.
1: Diaz was playing five uh, yeah. ten to win the fight, and I was I just looked at that and I was like. That's well, kind of crazy. We we saw in the first four rounds it's, why it's freaking Nate Diaz though. You know, he yeah. never put anything past that cat. And Brad was paying like two dollars forty, so I thought, okay, I mean, get on that. Um, so uh, so yeah, I had a, I had a multi, and Brad came through, but unfortunately, Nate didn't. Mate. He almost did though. And look, Leon, Edwards was completely outclassed, Nate. For the first 23 and a half minutes of that fight. Um, and, and he sets himself out for a big fight next, but not according to Dana White will it be for the uh, welterweight title. Dana White confirming <clears throat> again in the post fight presser that Colby Covington is the number one contender. And when Kamaru Usman fights next, it will be against Colby Covington. And basically saying if, if Kamari doesn't want to fight him, then we're not going to give him a fight. Yeah,
0: so. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt, I mean, you know, the, the, the follow up situation aside, I mean, I was stoked for Leon. Like, that was a. Superb performance. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fight last, you know, whatever he got caught. He was caught. He knew there wasn't much time left in the round. Mm-hmm. He was circling away. He knew he had that fight sewn up. Um, it was a, it was. It was such the same combo that got Connor.
1: It was th- in that first ah, Connor before, fight, yeah. like it was the Stockton slap, right, left hand over the top. Yeah, exactly the same combination that that knocked Connor silly in their first fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, but was said, I mean, up until perhaps that moment, I was thinking, well, this is exactly the performance that Leon needs because the only thing that's all that's been missing, the only box he's never been able to take is that. Star power, right? Yep. That's the only thing that's been missing. He deserves to be talent wise up there with those elite guys at Welterweight. Um, and then just, oh, just the last uh, typical Leon Edwards fashions. It can't all just go to plan and him dominate the final fifth yeah. round. He has to get rocked and, you know, classic Nate Diaz. But I mean, don't you just love watching Nate Diaz? I mean, a guy like that, he can get outclassed for four rounds and still people are good. It's going to do a stock no harm. Mm-hmm. People love the performance. It had all the sort of the, the Nate Diazisms in there, you know, the fainting, the, the showboating. Um, you know the little you know the little reverse pivot he was doing and with the hands on the knees and trying to psych him out and bring him in coming forward with a little slap and I mean I loved it it was, all, it was great and when, to watch and when,
1: and when Leon sticks his hand out for a like, yeah, like what's up the, bro It's a double slaps bird slaps it away <laughs> in the double bird but, so, so but I mean good. Leon is so good man yeah.
0: like, you know what people don't appreciate him enough and I hope, he's good I, hope everywhere. This, I hope this is what people brings people around to really appreciate how great he is he's absolutely great everywhere yeah. he's so fast his, his hands are lightning and as he is this- does everything really well, so durable. Those leg kicks, man, oh, dude, they're, they're weighing up as well. Um, and he should be pretty stoked with that performance, really. As I
1: said last week, I think Masvidal could be next for Leon Edwards. That's a fight that that they, um, yeah. Dana White did say they can make that fight anytime. Yeah. it'll make sense. Stephen Thompson fighting Gilbert Burns as well in the coming weeks. So that is an interesting fight uh, where uh, Stephen Thompson is the one guy in that division that Kamaru hasn't fought that's in and around a sort of title fight. Um so yeah. of that perhaps um, well, yeah so I, I think if Stephen Thompson wins that fight um, then maybe you could potentially sell a uh, Thompson Kamaru fight and I'm sure Kamaru will be interested in that fight it just seems to me that Kamaru is not interested in fighting Colby Covington and I think that's kind of mm. weak because Colby maybe, is,
0: maybe, maybe Edwards versus Burns slash Thompson as an eliminator. yeah
1: yeah, yeah. because yeah, the without fight can be made anytime so yeah. watch the space on that um, just a couple other tidbits from UFC 263 uh, before we go uh, Lauren Murphy probably securing her title fight with Valentina Shevchenko with a hard fought win over Jojo Calderwood and what was a really entertaining fight on the undercard um, enjoyed that one and I think we've seen the end of Damian Meyer unfortunately uh, shut out completely 29 takedown attempts I think it was without yeah. landing one Against Bilal Muhammad, who looks to be a very tough out in the welterweight division, uh, yes, yeah, so uh, interesting there. And Paul Craig getting a win and stopping the hype train that was Jamal Jamal Hill Jamal Hill uh, in the opening match of the That's main card. That was oh, nasty. Man. How about that refing? Eh? Oh gosh. Did you see that arm? Like uh, do you know what? Footy? The floppy fish. Do you know, do you know what, Funny. <laughs> I think Dana White talked about that as yeah, well. Yeah. Like. But you know what? Like, um I'm sitting here doing live updates for newshub.co.z so watching all the fights and you know recognize all the referees, and it gets to this opening match of the main <laughs> card. And it's like the referee is, you know, John Smells. Like
0: I bet you said I, who's I, this jabroni I,
1: I, I did I a Conor McGregor. I said, Who the fool is that is that guy? Like I, I didn't I'd never heard of him before. And I'm um, in the post fight pressor Dana was asked about him Dana called him the Arizona Steve Mazzagati which I thought was hilarious (laughs) um and uh and one of the local journalists said um you know like the guy's a jiu-jitsu black belt right like he's got a he's got a history in jiu-jitsu but you know um the the journalist from Arizona the MMA journalist said you know whenever he's refing a local card everyone's like oh well We'll see what happens in this fight because he's got a history of, really? ma- of Mazza guarding fights. So yeah, uh,
0: yeah, and I saw he was just a ring in. I don't think he's gonna be doing much of that in the future, <laughs> especially you now in Arizona. But no. um oh but Brad, can we talk about Brandon Moreno yes, for a second? Of course, absolutely. How can you not How love this guy? I? You know, I after our podcast last week I kind of, you know, hinted kind of picked Figueroa. kind of thought he'd have a bit too much power and speed, but you know, the more I started thinking about it and sort of thinking about their first fight, you know, Moreno was really, really game, really in that fight the entire time. And then the post-fight press conference, the little shove, you know the the sort of manufactured shove there from Figueroa the, as they squared off, and Moreno's reaction to it, happy as ever, shaked it off. You know, has has a little shrug. Yeah. Um, and you heard him say afterwards, actually in the post fight press conference, that was the moment that he knew he'd won, won the, the fight. fight. But uh, absolutely incredible performance from Brandon Moreno. His
1: post fight press conference went for forty five minutes. Did it really? People were just he was just. People love him, yeah. McClovin Moreno. Yeah. He was he was awesome. That was a phenomenal. And we talk about flawless, Izzy. he? It was flawless Moreno. There was no second. All over him. It wasn't even close. Um, I don't know. Look, Figueredo looked like he was shredded for the fight. Apparently, had a bad weight cut. Weight cut by all accounts, um, which is unfortunate. But that's not the Davis of Figueredo that ran through the flyweight division to earn that title. Um, yeah. Then, well,
0: I mean, he had he had all the excuses. Like, well, th- to be fair, there were some of them were legitimate. You know, for after the last fight, you know, with the weight cuts. Yeah. Um, you know, he was Doctor the point as well, which people forget in yeah. that fight, which probably cost him a win in the end. But Moreno completely outclass him like his, his boxing is some of the best in the UFC I think it's really evolved um, eh? Dave oh and, man you know, this like, is so active and, and Figgy's just chasing power shots the entire time and, like what's he doing
1: and the exciting thing for me footy is go back and watch Moreno versus Kai kara France that mm. fight is so competitive so that shows competitive. you
0: I don't think it was close well, Kai, I think it was competitive Kai
1: won the first round on all yeah. three judges scorecards and then Moreno came over the top in the, in the second and third round I, you know I, I watched that fight closely and I, I, did, I did think it was reasonably close. Like, there were moments that Kai had in that fight. Where where he had opportunities, it's encouraging That's, for him. It shows you how close close the flyweight division is. Where mm. all these guys are so evenly matched. I think um, Askar Askarov will be the the next contender for I the title. So he's fought Moreno before; they fought to a draw. Um, so that makes a ton of sense. Um, he's, probably
0: probably tough for Kai's chances, right? Given that he's coming off a loss
1: to Moreno Feely recently. Not that long he ago. You probably only need um, a couple of good wins. So yeah, and Kai's coming off the that. best win of his career against mm. Bontarian. So True that. Uh, yeah, a a, a a decent fight for Kai next. Gets a decent win. Maybe maybe. If fights Alex Perez who of course lost to Davison Figueroa not that long ago that's a fight that you can make for Kai to push him back up towards a title fight
0: yeah flyweight so, rules do you, what's next for Davison Figueroa because he's clearly struggling with these weight cuts and you know bantamweight seems to be go like up a to 135 and vote
1: Cody Garbrandt yeah that'd be a great fight two absolute sluggers
0: I want to see Figueroa without having to have cut weight and yeah. see how, how damn dangerous I, it could I think be it'd be there. a
1: great 135er oh, like oh. uh you know much he still has the speed do you remember to John, in John Lineker
0: Oh, absolutely. Same sort of Hands guy, right? Hands to stone. Lineker, Lineker just couldn't – Luna could, couldn't
1: deal with that flyweight yeah. weight cut. Went up to 135 and was a killer up there as well. So, uh, yeah. Hey, did you also see?
0: For the for Mexico as well. Sorry, just quietly. 100%. First um,
1: Mexican-born champ. But also, um, very, very quick was Moreno to credit Cain Velazquez for mm. sort of bringing UFC into the mainstream of Mexico. MMA, you know, such a massive boxing culture in, in Mexico. And obviously, they've got the greatest boxer in the world right now, repping Mexico and Canelo Alvarez. That guy is so good, man. Watch his last fight against Billy Joe Sauna's unbelievable performance. Uh, but yeah, Moreno credits in Cain Velasquez. Of course, was born in Arizona, of all places. Now, Dana um, will
0: be very pleased with yeah. this development. Absolutely, <laughs> very, very pleased. Absolutely,
1: he's got, he's got a uh, and great byplay between Izzy and Moreno backstage. I don't know if you've seen it. I did. But yeah, Izzy's it was super, really yeah. the cute, the little uh, belt cheers. Yeah, yeah, cheers. <laughs> <Ding>. Belt, belt. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> it was so cute. It was, it was so awesome. wholesome. Hey, did you, um, did you catch Clarissa Shields' MMA debut? Yeah. Yes. Damn.
0: Wow. Wow. And getting it done on the mat there.
1: How good is her, st- like, this is a stupid, stupid statement, but how good is her stand-up? Oh, my <laughs> yes. goodness gracious. And, yes. and 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 therein lies the difference, folks, between world-class boxing and MMA boxing because the little snippet that we got of her on the feet, she was like lighting up Brittany Elkin with those combinations, and they were so fast. Mm. Um, look, she's, she's 145 pounds, so cutting to one... Thirty five, Oh, actually, I think she was one fifty five for that fight. Are you so, thinking about Amanda here? Well, yeah, like you know, and that's a fight that Amanda's wanted. You know, she's talked about Clarissa Shields. Um, I think they need to do Kayla Harrison and Clarissa Shields at one point. That fight needs to happen for PFL at one fifty five. Um, but yeah, man, if, if be their final, but Clarissa is a very very big girl, so like mm-hmm. you know, like cutting to one forty five might be hard. But man, that's a sexy fight if a man and fights Clarissa Shields. I um, mean, Clarissa coming out after the fight, she said, um, you know, with one one or two more years. Of um, of takedown work and grappling work, she's the man in genius has no chance of beating me. So oh, you know, wow. hey, it's exciting. It is, it is, and it. PFL has a reasonably decent relationship with the UFC. It seems to be a graduating station for UFC fighters. So yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, you could, yeah, you could put it that way. Yeah, a little development rank, almost, almost, almost. Oh, well, and almost a retirement home as well <laughs> for many for Anthony Pettis. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, that's us, done and dusted. This has been your UFC 263 wrap on the Fight Club podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Remember, like and subscribe uh, at iTunes or wherever you find your podcast apps. Um, there is a card coming up uh, this week uh, for the UFC. It is Dan Ige and the Korean Zombie. That is a must-watch watch fight, and that that card's actually looking pretty decent, so check that out on ESPN on Sky Sport. Footy, thank you very much. Thanks, Brad. Great to be here. Great to be here talking Kiwi uh, Ws. 100%, and we'll see you next week on the Fight Club podcast. Kakite. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the Fight Club podcast. Like and subscribe at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And for more, check us out at newshub.co.nz slash podcasts.